Hello weebs, new and old, and welcome to Gateway to the Anniverse, the podcast that aims to guide an anime novice through the weird, wide, and wonderful world of Japanese animation. My name is Sam, a self-proclaimed anime expert, and with me as always is my co-host Will. How are you this week, Will? I'm very good, thank you, Sam. It is Christmas time, and this is the first episode of the Christmas period for us recording anyway. Um, and it's nice to just chill, have a bit of time to regenerate and, uh, yeah, get prepared for the new year. Um, thank you guys for coming along. This is the show where we discuss anime. Sam brings us a brand new show for me to watch. Um, I'm a sort of noob in the anime uh, community. I've watched 63 shows now yeah yeah 63, not all the way through you're getting closer <laughs> to achieving true weebdom yeah i think i am getting closer because as i was telling you off air i've started venturing outside of the universe and watching shows <gasps> off my own on on my own just just choosing shows and seeing whether i like them whether i can get into them um all in order to hopefully mm. bring some shows to you uh on the pod to discuss but it'll be me bringing the show which is a, a weird dynamic um but it's yeah the students are passing the master moment isn't it <laughs> it is it's exciting um it's just weird watching a show and at the minute and not taking notes because it's the first time i've i've had to do that i'm just watching it for pure enjoyment um or maybe like, not is this okay I, is this I mean, all right <laughs> well it, it yeah i don't know but it, I'm, it, there might not even be enjoyment in there because who says I'm going to bring a good show? I might bring an absolute dyer of a show. Oh my god, a Danny Dyer a, of a show. Say, a the Danny, the Danny Dyer <laughs> anime. That's all right. This week <laughs> I've brought you. Is this a zombie? All right, let's get into it. First, first thing you do is punch him in the face. If if it squeals, <laughs> it's not a vampire, and you move on. Wait, <laughs> zombie? It's not a zombie. It might still be a vampire. What's the difference between a vampire and a zombie? Don't ask me. I don't know. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, w- we try to gather up some shows here in this podcast and try to get you guys, as well as anime fans, uh, for a long time involved in anime and to try and stick around a little bit more. And to do that, we watch new shows, like Will said. And last week, we watched a brand new show called Godzilla Singular Point. And, Will, mm. did you stick with it? We said that it was a pretty good show, but not for the new to the medium yeah this is where um where it became a little bit tricky didn't it because we were we were on the fence for a lot of it we enjoyed the show but again this is where it's important that we look at it from that new perspective and i think for me it was just it it had some fundamental issues which we won't spoil here go listen to the episode or if you've seen the show you'll probably be able to guess what they were anyway but um yeah, there were some fundamental issues with the show that we thought would turn off a newcomer to the anime world. So, yeah, it didn't get any anniversary. This week, we're trying something else. We're watching, we've watched the case study of Vanitas. 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 Yeah. Why is the emphasis on the I? That doesn't feel right. Um, the case study wow. of Vanitas. Um, yeah, Sam, why would anybody want to watch the case study of Vanitas? Well, if you were an old diehard Twilight, True Blood, uh, Vampire Diaries fan, and you think that vampires maybe haven't had uh, as much of a resurgence in recent years as you would have liked, then good for you. They're back, baby. (laughs) And in sexier forms than you could ever imagine in the form of our two protagonists, Vanitas. (laughs) I thought you were going to say in in the form of our two-dimensional characters (laughs) that have been (laughs) hand-drawn. 
on the screen. <laughs> he, these are my 2D husbandos. <laughs> and I will not have you slander them in this way. Bollocks, do I want real, real people with real flaws? I want two-dimensional perfect characters in my life. That is I want the world I want to live my in. My perfect vampy boys. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, this is a show that is brought to us by the studio responsible for My Hero Academia, Eureka 7 and Karen Tuesday, among other things, Studio Bones, and has um, some of the best background music in the business, courtesy of legendary composer Yuki Kajijura, who is responsible for the music in Sword Art Online amongst Demon Slayer and also Fate Zero amongst other things. And you have that instantly recognisable background music. It's set in a fantastical alternate history version of paris kind of steampunk-esque so if that's your vibe this show might really appeal to you and it's generally very pretty to look at so if any of those things sound like they're up your street this is a reason why you should maybe give the case study of venetus a shot brilliant let's get into reviewing the first three episodes spoilers ahead obviously uh yeah let's take it away So, well, we're dropped pretty quickly into this world and it can be a little bit difficult to orient ourselves. So for my sake and for the sake of those who maybe haven't watched the show or have watched the show but need some reminding, what's going on in these first three episodes? I, listen, I've done so well last week. I prepped a whole little spiel. I, I've completely forgotten again this week. So uh, it's going to be off the fly. So feel free to jump in at any point. Um, so... Episode one is opens with a very good exposition. It's exposition 101. It tells you exactly what the backstory mm. is here. Um, basically, it's a world where there were vampires, and there still are, but they're a little bit more hidden in plain sight. Um, and there are bad vampires, and there was a good vampire, the vampire born under the blue moon. Um mm. And all the other ones were born under the red moon, and the red moon vampires didn't like the blue moon, blue moon vampire. Because um, they're vampire racists. Because they're vampire racists. And <laughs> Blue Moon Vampire got shunned out of the Red Vampire Society. And he was annoyed at this. So he decided he was going to turn on his own kind and make it his mission to destroy all of vampire kind in a really you weird know, way. rational way <laughs> to do that. You know. So he cursed them somehow. Yep. Um, so that they would go insane and start killing people, which I don't know how that. Yeah. Works. Allegedly turning them into what's called curse bearers and driving them mad with bloodlust and power and then causing death by the hundreds of thousands. And th that was his pl grand plan as it is revealed to us in the first opening uh, segments, really beautiful watercolor storybook. Uh, I'm not aesthetic. sure how that destroys the vampires. It seems to destroy humanity because the vampires are killing the humans. Yeah. The, I, don't or, think it's, it, I think it's safe to say he's not thought this plan through very well. <laughs> he, ba he basically says, right, you guys are death machines and you have control over your ability to kill people. I'm going to take that control away. Took it away. <laughs> what, what, what if I, what if I turn, turn that off and just let you just, go kill everyone? Oh, just that... see see what happens. Oh, all the humans are gone. Right. Oops. I guess in a roundabout way, once all the humans are gone, 
if they need blood to survive. But they don't even make that clear. They don't even say that that's a, that's a feature of these type of vampires. So it seems like they don't need blood to survive. So they wipe out the human race and then it is just vampires left. Um, that's, that, that, that seems to be his end goal for some reason. Maybe he's, he's just been really yanks, like angsty. He's a re- big, big sundere about this. He's like, Oh, it's not like I, I like you regular vampires or anything here. Here, let me, let me just unlock your, it killer potential so that you can eat as much blood as you want it's not like i want you to take over the world or anything but baka <laughs> okay i mean potentially i don't know whether that point paints him in as um as a positive character in the way that they were trying to because he's supposed to be the we're supposed to feel sorry for this guy and think and root for this blue vampire but anyway he does this he's also got a magic book which we know mm-hmm. nothing about, um, <laughs> but it's a magic book that can turn them into these. Cu- that, that that's where the cursed bearer thing comes from. That's what turns them into this originally, apparently, and it yeah. can also cure them um, by messing around sy- with some weird higher dimensional physicsy stuff. Yeah, and some uh, very nice cinematography and some um, col- colorful cutscenes that just make it look really cool. Um, Because that's one of the Mm. features of the book. It has to do it in that form um, for it to work. Um, And yeah, so uh, we we come to our first three episodes with following our main character who is um, called Vanitas. Um, Mm -hmm. He's named himself after the book, which is a bit weird. Um, The book is the book of Vanitas. And yeah, basically he's the heir to the blue vampire. Apparently the blue vampire has passed on this ability, this quality of turn. And, but he is still human, as he keeps reminding us. But I am still human. He's, um, I'm still you- human. I'm, I, I'm a human. Hey, human, get out of here, as all the other vampires say. But he's very durable. He's very durable. Like, he is literally used as a projectile at one point. <laughs> I wrote the exact same thing in my notes. as like, and he uses his most powerful technique. Projectile Vanitas! <laughs> um... Yeah, he's, he's thrown at vampires and comes out without a scratch. Um, Bounces yeah. off of like fountains and walls and all sorts of stuff. And he just kind of has gets a bloody nose and just shrugs it off. So Yeah, so uh, we, we follow him in, on his journey as a doctor, self-proclaimed doctor. Um, his mission is to heal vampires or heal cursed vampires and bring them back. Give them their name back. Because apparently this curse all revolves around the name of a vampire. Their true um, names, yeah. Their true names. Have you read The Name of the Wind yet? No. Dude. Parallels. There are parallels here. Yeah? Yeah, well, the, the name With of the true wind, names oh, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True names and stuff. Mm. Um, That's quite deep in vampire lore as well. and Especially in um, Japanese depiction of vampires. Ah. The whole revelation of a vampire's true name tends to be something that... Um, is worked into a lot of vampire hunting anime and manga. Uh, one that jumps to mind is uh, Kikai Sensen or Blood Blockade Battlefront, where in order to defeat these god tier level vampires, they have to seek out the true names. In a very similar fashion, actually, there's some blue eyes going on in that show as well. Mm, maybe this requires reflection. <laughs> yeah, maybe there's uh, more things from lore that, than we realize, and I think that's kind of expected i think whenever we watch one of these shows that are based on you know very old 
creatures like you know anything any type of media not just anime but when we talk when we look at like twilight and we look at all this stuff they usually try and draw some some features out from the old and sometimes they'll they'll explicitly say it like in twilight (laughs) where they literally look through historical texts and say these things are similar to vampire these things are vampires and hey wait he does that as well so therefore doesn't she use bing (laughs) <laughs> I can't remember the search engine she uses. It would not surprise me. She, would not she like, Googles I, it or something, right? Yeah, <laughs> I, like, I love when... Uh, and it was, oh, films she, yeah, no, because she Googles it and she's like, uh, cre- uh, people drinking blood or something. And it just, it's like Sam, no results. You've just, you, 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 she doesn't Google I've it. I've outed she myself. It. She bings Sorry, it. she bings it. Like, come on. Let's... Who uses that as a word? <laughs> well, that's the it's thing. It's not a verb a... that's in my... <laughs> lexicon aren't, aren't, aren't google um fighting for that at the minute like isn't there a whole thing because the, the the term google has become so synonymous with search online searching that it's lost mm. that like, like there's legal issues around it like 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 monetization and stuff like it becomes almost a part of, i can't remember the terminology but it becomes a part of uh cultural vocabulary so oh like it, uh calling it a hoover yeah, yeah, it's yeah, not exactly. Hoover, it's a vacuum cleaner. Yeah, so I think Google are, are, are spending lots of. Uh, this might be this. I might be mis- mixing up stories, but I'm sure Google are spending loads and loads of money trying to protect the word Google, um, so that, that it, it can still be monetizable. <laughs> Which you know, <laughs> fair. Like it is a billion. I mean, dollar f- as fair business. as a billion dollar business, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, she bings stuff. It's. I, it'd be funny if like she googled stuff first and it just came up with no search results and then it's like well i'd better go to trusty bing and uh see what we can do it's, it's like, like so many <laughs> um, screw you guys i still use ask jeeves oh my god ask jeeves what else was there i'm trying to think there was loads of stuff Do, wasn't there go what yahoo yahoo Yahoo's still big in japan yahoo is still a, a decent sort of yahoo had the colored letters the similar to google didn't it initially and then they changed it to being all red i think because google kicked up a stink yeah wow this is this is segued a lot anyway venetus gone far uh, from the- <laughs> um uh, yeah we followed him on his mission to cure vampires and we meet uh noe who is the greatest showman but in white and he he's he's there as well with a cat um who murder cat murder mur cat <laughs> Who got the biggest laugh out of me in the whole three episodes? I must admit. What at the beginning of the, when they introduce him? Uh, okay, no. Why, why did why did the cat make you laugh? That sounds like the start uh, of the joke. <laughs> um, it's uh, as the episodes progress. Uh, Noe and Vinitas get sep- separated from uh, Mur. Oh, uh, it's when they meet by certain again. circumstances. Uh, yeah, and when. Noe is reunited with his beloved cat, Mur. He runs to the door and goes, oh, Mur, I've missed you so much. And the cat, like, jumps up and just bats him in the bats face. Him. And a little yeah. spurt of blood comes out. <laughs> yeah, just, just scratches scratches his eyes out. Howling. Right there there. Um, <laughs> I mean, throughout this show, if we're, if we're going to talk about the comedy, I was howling at some bits throughout this. Like, mm. genuinely, probably, what, what of all the shows we've watched... I laughed hardest at some of these lines, and I don't know. I think I think for me it was the delivery of the dub. I don't. Did you watch it in dub or sub? Sub for me. Oh, yeah, mate. 
you should give the dub a try. I was, I was genuinely, yeah. yeah, I was genuinely howling. Some of the, the timing and the delivery was spectacular. Like with Murr in the very first episode when it's ju- it's just because I didn't know the show, I didn't know what to expect. So it might not be as funny on a rewatch, but like it was just the timing of when he's talking to Amelia, um, when uh, no way he's talking to Amelia for one of the first conversations and she's yeah. holding and stroking the cat. And she's like, I'm, oh, Am- yeah. I'm Amelia. Can I have an introduction? And no way. just like, uh, sure. He- he's Murr. And she's like, oh, right. No, no, I meant, I meant from you. I meant, um, I meant you, please, but Mr. What? Savior. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, the delivery is yeah. pretty good in the Japanese as well. Um, the main character, Venitas, is voiced by the same guy who voices, um, Tanjiro in Demon Slayer, which oh. is wonderful. Because it goes from pure, cannot do anything wrong, pure boy Tanjiro to angry vampire gremlin man, Vanitas. And the way that his voice changes in the delivery is so good. He like yeah. he sounds petulant and up his own <laughs> ass and just overly confident. And like hearing that come out of Shonen Jump's number one good boy is amazing. Yeah. No, I, I Vanitas, I thought would. I could see him grating on a lot of people, um, but he, I thought he nailed it, especially in the dub. It, oh, well, I say especially, it's the only one I've experienced, but in the dub, <laughs> he, he nailed it. It was um, really fun to see his sort of reactions and his one-liners. Like, there's, there's a bit that made me just howl in episode three when, um, I think it's episode three, when, or it might, no, it's episode two. It's at the end of episode two when they uh, find the other, t- the other two people vampires come up and want to take yes. the book from him and um no they, they basically say give me the book and no way's like um i refuse to let you take the book and you just hear vanitas just go yay <laughs> just this really soft little <laughs> yay and then he goes but, but you can do what you want with him and he's like no nah. <laughs> he's like boo no. <laughs> <laughs> i think he literally says boo and it's just this like really subtle they don't zoom in they don't focus he's just off to the side and you honestly it, it, it's i watched um just to segue completely have you heard of dylan is in trouble no i think i mentioned him before on the pop he's just a youtuber that does video commentaries and, and movie commentaries and he was cr- he was critiquing something the other day and it really resonated with me and it was the way comedy is done from a director directorial directorial mm-hmm. perspective directorial yeah directorial um and it's about sometimes less is more. So if you don't draw attention to something, the less you linger on something, sometimes the funnier it can be. And I think they do that really well here. A lot of the lines, they're not like paused for laughter. In your face. They're not in your exploding. face. Exploding. Yeah. It's, it's just, just like very mundane. And the visual style to accompany it. I know in prior episodes, we've talked about um, when a show chooses to, to chibify itself and to go really super deformed. Mm. And we've kind of criticized it for not meshing with the vibe. And I think this show could have really, really messed up on that because there's a lot of moments when it's like there's a couple of seconds at a time where it cuts to just being really chippified, very low movement, very um, limited animation. And it's usually for the comedic moments. Right. But I think it works in this case because it's that's the that's the playful vibe that the show is going for. It's very. It's got a very playful humour, but the world itself is quite dark and potentially dangerous. 
So we see all these big grand sweeping cuts of animation of him proclaiming that he's going to do whatever he can to heal people. We get these intricately choreographed fight scenes between two superpowered human shaped beings. We get these really bizarre twisted, um, carnival sequences. Mm. But we also get just these really relatable moments of humor. Like you said, with Noe just being really dense and ex- introducing his cat or with Vanitas just looking shocked at something, uh, Noe going and finding another thing in Paris that he really loves to investigate. Yeah. And getting frustrated with this <laughs> simpleton. <laughs> uh, but I think it works to the show's strength. Yeah. Whereas with other shows, it's very jarring. Here, I think the strength is on these two protagonists and how they bounce off each other. And it feels very much like two people getting to know each other for the first time in difficult circumstances, that the way that they're bickering and bouncing off each other, but there's still almost an element of, oh, well, he can't be all that bad. And there's a relationship starting to develop there with these two. Yeah. I was going to say that the conversations that go on throughout these first three episodes, I, I, I wrote in my notes that I thought they were very genuine. I thought they felt like, realistic reactions to the situation um there was a particular bit in the um the confrontation between count is it orlock um orlock yeah and venetus um and their discussion and deliberation uh venetus was just like calling him out for his sort of yeah um, prejudices and um rigidness of a, of a leader and orlock was sort of just coming at him with arguments of why he wasn't going to do what he wanted. But, uh, and it was very expositional, very, it was necessary. It was necessary to a point, but I believed the conversation. I thought they were reacting how they would, and they escalated it quickly. They escalated it nicely Mm. and they had cutaways and they had backstory. They kept the visuals really interesting and they didn't have to do that. There's a lot of shows that had just had them two talking and nothing on screen. Mm. And then it, you don't really notice it building. You sort of, you get, I got lost in the conversation and then Noe just comes out and just kicks the table out and destroys the table from in between him and takes the book. And it's this sort of climactic release of this mm. built up conversation. It was directorially fantastic. And I think there were some stellar moments in this, in this first three episodes where the director's yeah. choice was really, yeah really really positive and really really spectacular mm. and it, it speaks to the little moments that you said earlier with Vanitas going doing like his little booze and stuff like in that moment of release there's an extra layer of jokes if you look for them like as noe kicks the table um orlock has grabbed one of the vampire servants by the scruff of the neck and pulled him out of harm's way yeah. so like he's hanging from orlock's hand like all chibified and shocked looking yeah as noe's like I will be taking Vanitas now and we will go and solve this problem. And he's like, yep, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go for it. That's fine. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, just not to harp on about the comedy and the um, th- that character relationship, but there was another really funny bit that it was the bit when um, No Way is contemplating whether he should actually go with Vanitas and... He's, he's having this internal battle and it's so funny because it's, for me, it's just, it just epitomizes the 
<laughs> it's very childish, and like the decision isn't really a decision he's he he can't make. It, it, it's it's obvious which way he's going to go, but he's he basically yeah. says. It's just, it's just, again, it's like his morals, his his perspective on things. But basically, he's deciding whether he's going to go with Vanitas. Vanitas is like, come with me and be my shield. Be my force of reckoning when I go into these situations. And Noe's like, no, I'm not going to do that. He's like, And he's weighing up his options. He's like, well, on the one hand, my teacher would really want this because it gets me close to the book and it gets me in prime position to do the job that I've been sent here to do. But on the other hand, this guy's a dick and I don't like yeah. him. And <laughs> I just don't think I like you on a psychological <laughs> level, Vanitas. Yeah, like... um, on the one hand, yes. But on the other hand, I don't want to. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's just so good to play that. Like He's obviously going to do it, but it's just nice. to. And it's so harsh because Vanitas is just there. And he's like contemplating yeah, he... these things. He's like, yeah, but you're an arse. I don't want to be with you. And I, I'm trying to think. Think of my mental health. Think of my the psychological trauma this could cause me. <laughs> that I'm going to have to put myself through to follow this goblin. He, Noe is quite fourth wall breaky like that. In ep- the end of episode two, they're hunkering down um, after a vampire's attacked them, and there's this brilliant little moment where Noe says, "Oh yeah, I've noticed this with Orlock and with the vampire that's attacking us." Why is everybody such a bad listener? Why can't I just explain ourselves to them? <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, he does. I, I, I remember that. And I, I didn't even clock that as fourth wall breaky, but it is. It's just calling out sort of uh, protagonists and characters. They need something to fight against. And if everyone listened, there'd be no story. There would be no fights. <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't get the cool big explosion glove. I wanted to ask you what you thought. So we've talked a little bit about the interactions of these two characters, but what do you think of them in general? So what do you think of Vinitas and his motivations? What do you think of Noe as our kind of more central protagonist? He's our point of view guy, right? So we're essentially, we start the journey following him and Vinitas is there. Yeah. What do you think of our duo? Yeah, I don't know, really. I think, I think they're fun. I, I think Vinitas is hyperbolic he is just this larger than life mm. character that um he's on a one-track mission he, he's sort of in his own little world he's just going to do what he wants and seems to be almost overpowered in a lot of situations and seems to just know too much but and not take himself too seriously he's, he's a really intriguing character because he's in these life and death situations we don't know how long he's been alive we don't know when he sort of started this yeah. crusade um and it'd be, I think it'd be really interesting to find that out as we go along because he seems to be at that. He seems to be a bit like, you know, a Dracula character, a vampire character that knows he can't die or knows he can't be destroyed or who has lived too long that he just doesn't care anymore. Um, yeah, he's very, very blasé about the amount of danger he's finding himself in, even when at he, all times. Yeah, even when he's faced with this deadly vampire, he still runs away, sort of chibified, like, "Ah, we've got to get away. She's deadly. Get out Ooh, of it." Here she comes. Yeah. Um, he even so, takes a step towards her, and it's only thanks to Noe that he avoids getting his head rocked off. Like, yeah, he's he's very Jack Sparrowy, isn't he? he he's he's that sort yes. of get out of jail free card i'm just gonna wander through this and accidentally escape with my all my limbs intact <laughs> somehow yeah yeah uh, and what about no way then for the our uh, seemingly quite simple but again part of gold 
guy. It, again, I think, I don't know whether it's just a cheap trick, but with both these characters, the intrigue, there's a lot of intrigue around them and around where they come from and their background because we don't really know anything about, we know he's a vampire, but he's not got red eyes. He's got a mix. Has he got two different colored eyes or has he got no way? I think, I think both of his eyes are red. Oh, are they? Oh, I thought they were like purpley. I haven't, I haven't made notes on this. Oh, no, yeah, no, his, his eyes are purple when he's not using his vampire powers. When, oh, when vampires okay. use their powers in this, um, their eyes turn red. We get that cool effect where the screen blacks out and we see the two red eyes track across the screen. Yes, um, no, you're right, you're right. But his normal eye I think, I think, purple, I think that's just yeah. because he was, I assume, yeah, that's just because he was the first one we came across and it sort of resonated that he had purple eyes. Um, so I was like, well, he can't be a vampire. And then obviously we find out as it goes on that, yeah, the eyes turn red when they, Mm. Be, when they use their powers um yeah but again we don't know when he became a vampire we don't know how old he is we don't know who this relationship is who this teacher is um yeah, i mean teacher's a complete enigma yeah i mean I'm a, we, well we actually find out that it's his best friend's grandfather um so my uh, original theory was that this was that the, the the teacher was actually the blue vampire um the blue moon mm. vampire but uh, still might be but again it's like it, they say that it's his best friend's who again? That's a weird interaction that uh, that happens in episode. Hey three. Noe, do you want to drink my blood? <laughs> the blood of a curse bearer. It's very erotic. There's a lot of very very steamy scenes in this. For I wouldn't say there's a lot. There's there's a selection of very very steamy, but they're very intense. They are. Yes. Do we want to talk about them? I think we kind of have to okay. because I think that's going to come into one of our questions later. Um, specifically, uh, Vanitas's borderline sexual assault of one of the vampires who's attacking him. Uh, she's called Jean, the Hellfire Witch. She's called John. <laughs> she's called John. All right, John. Most beautiful name. All right, John. How's the old Hellfire Gauntlet? Ah, oh, no, I can't complain, mate. Yeah. Acting up a little bit recently, though. You know, got to grease its gears. All right, let me lick your fingers. <laughs> Christ. So, after doing quite an interesting plan involving pitting uh, an enemy he was trying to defeat against another enemy that's attacking him, Vanitas basically corners Jean and um, basically uses his book to sap her of her strength, push his leg between her legs forcibly kiss her yep. and then when she collapses very visibly distressed he then starts sucking on her finger all the while and says that he loves her yeah all the while he's getting more and more turned on by her weakness and um her will, sort of uncomfortable the, the clearly this how yeah basically he likes the fact that she's uncomfortable and that turns him on um, and it's accompanied by some very, very deranged faces yeah. from Vanitas. As well as then going into this, when they actually do kiss, it's framed as this big, beautiful flower petals falling from the sky moment, when actually everything preceding it and then following it is unhinged. Yeah. I uh, I think this goes towards my theory that Vanitas is actually really old and has been around far too long and needs to get his kinks from places that probably wouldn't necessarily be uh, normal. Um, he gets off on having the most powerful vampire in town crumple before him. 
Oh, no. I mean, there is a power play there, I guess. Um, and maybe that's it. Maybe it's more... That, well, yeah, maybe he's just power hungry um, and likes the idea of controlling. I mean, he does go to town with Orlok and uh, give him a lot of grief in his power mm. position of power and seems to get a lot of joy out of that debate, out of that discussion. Challenging those figures. Yeah, challenging yeah. it. Yeah. So maybe it is just a thirst, a thirst for power. And, you know, he's metaphorically and physically taking that power and, um, yeah devouring it i guess oh yeah but again still it's weird very there's a lot of um quite charged imagery with uh, him and noe as well especially in the ending credits where he's like draping his hand on noe's neck yeah uh, generally treating the guy like he's a pet almost and he's just for him to be used for his whims you know, you mentioned um, the music earlier and that you were quite impressed with the music. Yeah, the... the, uh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do they play Irish music when the ginger guy comes into shop? Oh, my God. <laughs> when You mean Dan- Dante? Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure when they show him in episode might, actually. three or something, there's like this Irish jig music. Yeah, like... <laughs> It sounds very, very, very stereotypically Irish, and I was, I was just like, he, he's, he's also his costume reminds me of almost a stereotypical um, leprechaun costume. Leprechaun, yeah. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I can't remember it, but it very well could be. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Top of the morning to Yavanitas. But it, it, that's the thing. I feel like if you're going to do that, make the dub irish it would at least it'd be sort of tongue-in-cheek but it feels like Mm. it's almost a poke rather than like (laughs) a nod which you know pokes hurt more than nods um yeah depends how hard you're nodding true if it's dumb and dumber start is it dumb and dumber no is it dumb and dumber with with the head banging not seeing it oh what no not seen dumb and dumber what's the head wayne's world wayne's world i meant wayne's world yeah I mean, I feel like they're all waking up with a stiff neck in the morning. Oh, yeah. Should we talk OP and ED? Yes, yes, yes. Please, please, please. Um, If I may go first. No, oh you God, may not. He's so good. Yeah, no, you can. <laughs> go on. Oh, I love it so much. What, I both? love the OP with... Uh, not so much the ED. Mm. The OP is just, I don't know, it's one of my favourites from the past season of anime, or the past couple of seasons of anime, just because it's interesting, things time up with the music, the music itself is so good, I really like the song, like how soft the singer is, on top of this kind of almost electronic jazz piano track, and the way that it all times to, and let's be honest, knowing and Vanitas having a date in Paris, yeah, and going no to all the just landmarks. being enamoured with everything, and just and there's so many small moments of just like conveying both of their character archetypes, like mm-hmm. Noe just being mind boggled at everything, trying everything. He's painting in one scene, he's running around a park in another. He's twinkle eyed at the <laughs> rain falling in the middle of a fountain, and then Vanitas is just sulking as yeah. he's getting dragged around, and I just love that interaction 
Oh, yeah. no, I, and, I, I, I love again, how you've analysed that. I love how you've sort of um, looked at the character development. I didn't pick up any of that. I just thought it was a really cool jazzy number, and was and every time, <laughs> I just yeah, I just let it play all the way through. Didn't skip, and and Absolutely. obviously, obviously, we don't skip because uh, that's that's frowned upon. Um, but sometimes I'm tempted to skip. Um, but. <laughs> Uh, this time I wasn't. I was just like, yeah, I am letting this play out and I'm enjoying it. And it was, yeah, it was fun. The, um, is it, is it Yowie bait or? What's, oh, 100%. Yeah. Is that the phrase? Is that the, the term? Yeah. I tried Googling it and correct. couldn't find it. Um, was that like, was a dangerous game, my friend. <laughs> well, yeah. Maybe. Oh my, you do not know how close to the sun you just flew. Oh, <laughs> uh, well. Maybe maybe I've got like safe search on or something because it didn't come up with anything. It literally, and I, obviously I didn't know how to spell it. I was just like Googling various ways of spelling it just to try to come up oh with some sort God, of definition. Will. And it just came up with like YouTube and like it came up with really nothing, nothing even close. So I was, yeah, I don't know whether there was uh, something, some, someone was protecting me. Someone was out there just saying, someone no, Will, for you, man. no, Will, you, you don't know what you're doing. Not today. <laughs> Not today. <laughs> okay. Yeah, this this show is 100% yaoi bait. Um, I went to an animate store um, a few weeks ago, and they're notoriously known for um, stocking anime goods and products that appeal specifically to a a more female demographic. And so the the fujoshis, as they're called, Mm. who really, really like pretty 2D men and want to have uh, mobile straps and clear files and posters with those pretty men in provocative or interesting positions. And when I went in, lo and behold, as the anime was airing, there was an entire booth dedicated to the case study of Vanitas with all of the manga and merchandise. And they even had the OP playing on the screen intercut with uh, snippets from the first few episodes. So it is very, very much yaoi bait, like you said. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's interesting, and I'm also pretty sure I must have some sort of safe search on them because even when I typed in the case study of Venetus into Google, the first thing that came up was a load of scholarly articles, and I was thinking, okay, case studies. Yep, let's see if there are any case studies on Venetus. All right, <laughs> and I was thinking, right, <laughs> going to do some research here. There's going to be some historical law that's deep. involved that I need to get my teeth into. But lo and behold, hey. it was just a play on words. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So, Yowie bait, pretty people. Does is that a turn off? Is that something we need to sort of consider when we get into our big three? Because I don't know. We can we can pick that up again. Um, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a good thread to to touch upon when we get to our uh, yeah. analysis at the end. Um, what about the ED? What do you think? Um, it's what is it? It's, it's like a modern um, a modern poppy sort of. English speaking, like more of a ballad, isn't it? It's a, it's a lot yeah. slower. Yeah, I, I enjoyed I it. It was right. breathy. Um, I, I did enjoy it. Yeah, I thought it was nice. Um, I, I I did want it to just have one more, I don't know, level to it. It felt almost like mm. it didn't have that one big moment that I need, that I needed it to to sort of hit home. But it was it was nicely sung. It was a nice tune. I th- I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. The visuals were crap. Like it was just very, yeah. very, very. It was just splash screens of the two characters, just yeah, reaching for one another and pining after each other and holding each other's necks in a very sultry yeah. way. Yeah. yeah, no, I completely agree. Good song, um, crappy, 
ED stuff, especially coming off the back of Godzilla last week with right, yeah, that insane level of attention to detail. Um, before mm. we move into odds and ends, um, well, one of my odds and ends is that I just want to talk about the direction because I think the yep. cinematography in this is, I've already alluded to it before, is stellar. I think the the way the the way things are shot, the choices that they make, like with the um the cursed vampire bit when she goes into this yellow oh, field yeah. and then she gets almost poisoned. Dude, genuinely so effective. Like yeah. I had goosebumps and was genuinely like the horror moments in that scene actually really hit. Yeah, that 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 creepy, sketchy black thing that uh, keeps cr- cropping up with the weird, high pitched voice is a uh, pretty pretty it works well it does its job it's um pretty freaky and the whole marching um what they called what what do we call the weird creepy it was the oh it was the charlatan parade charlatan parade yeah that again you know it's basically spirited away it's just these weird creepy um creatures from another world sort of and i'm sure there's historical a lot of historical folklore in there potentially um because you when we did spirited away you said about how this was quite a common theme for like the spirits and things of japan um so i imagine there's links there um but yeah the 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 director's choice to do those scenes and the way it's shot in general like there's a lot of 3d um imagery right um Mm -hmm. with like the ceilings with the perspectives the way um the, even in the very first scene when we see the notice board that's 3d and it sort of comes away yeah. from the backdrop backdrop um i i think it worked i think i think overall it, it came together really nicely and kept it very very interesting for the viewer um yeah what did you think any thoughts on the direction um looking into the show a bit more um the director for this is tomoyuki itamura and they are known ah, Tommy. for Ah, good old Tommy boy. All right, Tommy boy. So he directed a series known as the uh, Monogatari series, which is held in uh, some of the highest regard in terms of anime fans who re- like really dense and very aesthetic shows. Right. He basically directed most of the non-mainline entries into that uh, franchise, as well as being a um, chief storyboard artist on Godzilla Singular Point. No way. Interesting. Which I've only just found out, yeah. But he worked on um a lot of stuff. He worked on one of the uh he worked on Madoka Magica. Yes. Wow, yeah. As the <laughs> storyboard artist for a number of the different episodes, including I think, if I get it right, that's the one with Yeah, unit directing storyboard artist for the OP. So they 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 have a lot of pedigree behind them and it shows like they're using everything they've learned from all of their other works to make this entry really their own. And I think just like you said, the dynamic um, layouts and the way that they use light and shadow in the different scenes, especially that bit where they're in the um, church, they've crash landed yes, into yeah. when he walked, when Vanitas walks out of the shadows and the big jump and the smile, like yeah. they know how to make their characters look appealing, but they also know, to ground them with those chibified moments and still make those moments interesting. They're not just here's two chibis chatting. Yeah. They're either 
in the realistic backgrounds or they are interacting on the framed outcut outline yeah yeah no i yeah. think i think again but they're also they're also not just the, what you say there about the characters interacting with the scenery and stuff i think they also put a lot of effort into making the whole thing a rounded piece so like the backdrops and everything aren't just there oh, stunning to fill screen time they are there as key po- key points like we see the the airships and the steampunk vibe of the city very well and when they go in the end of episode three when they go into the vampire uh sort of world um what's it mm, what's it called yeah, yeah. altus paris which um, i assume is alternate paris <laughs> like um oh uh, the sub said atlas oh did it oh interesting interesting yeah i i, th- I th- th- that city city scene when we see like the palace all building up it was really impressive um, I've got one other odds and end that I want to discuss, um, which is the opening fight mm-hmm. scene between Noe and Vanitas when okay. when they're on the airship. It's just a gush again because I th- I think that scene was done really well. It was a really nice way to yeah. introduce these characters. I thought Noe it just gripped me like Noe was just so he was dodging and Vanitas was impressed and then he throws the girl in the air and moves really quick i don't know i don't know when he throws her in the air as well there is a, a like a two frame moment when Vanitas tilts his head up to look at where the girl's gone and yeah. his face isn't the really detailed pretty face it's just two big white circles and, a, and an o for his mouth like it's a blink and you'll miss it he's like right yeah what <laughs> but it again it works he knows that that's like a some people will see that and be like ah ha 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 he's really surprised but also to have the balls to do that in the middle of a high octane action sequence and to lace that little bit of comedy into it, yeah, is brilliant. Yeah, yeah, it's just just beautiful directing. Um, any any odds and ends from you before we get into our big three questions? Um, I just really appreciate that all the characters call Vanitas out for being a jerk the entire time. <laughs> yeah, like it's... on the rooftop when they're just like, oh. yeah, <laughs> like yeah, because he uses he uses um, no way as his little tool. In his manipulation game to get uh, get Jean to uh, back down, and because Noé doesn't have any idea that he's holding this kid hostage, um, but he's like keeping his distance and he's holding the kid. To be fair, Noé should really clock what's going on here. <laughs> like it's a pretty yeah. it's a pretty done move, um, but maybe <laughs> maybe he hasn't seen those movies um, because we're in an alternate world and in. A time Are there even four movies? movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I like it. It's refreshing. Like having a main character who is a toxic piece of shit, but everybody's calling them out for being a toxic piece of shit the whole time. So mm. it's not just he's an asshole, but he's so dreamy and I forgive him for everything. It's he's an asshole and he's an asshole. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think who we've. Ha- Are there any other characters that come to mind that. Soma. From. Food Wars. He's a jerk. Is he? He keeps feeding his friends awful foods <laughs> and he doesn't care about anybody. He's just like, he walks up to graduation just like, I'm going to kick all your asses and I don't care. Yeah. Yeah, true. But they are all pretentious assholes and he's still the uh, good maybe guy. Maybe it takes an asshole to beat an asshole. It takes an asshole to beat an asshole. Is this going to turn into a, um, <laughs> what is it? Team America. What's the America? What's the puppet? um yeah team america team america yeah where it's like take the dick to 
to beat an asshole. <laughs> and, uh, I can't remember how it is. <laughs> you know the speech. Just Google Team America. I know asshole the speech. speech. Or, speech. Um, <laughs> or don't. Or don't. Your safe don't. search might not be as effective as Will's. It might not be. Yeah. Um, I think my safe search is just because it, it, of, of watching anime now for a, a whole year. It's like, we just need to help this guy out. We just need to protect him. From we need himself. to get him out. He's a bail. Um, <laughs> okay. Let's get into the big three questions where we'll decide whether this show has what it takes to get into the animals. Super. So it's time for our big three questions. We're going to think about the concept and the execution how well it does both of those things. We're going to think about any turnoffs, anything that can stop a new viewer from accessing this show. And we're going to think about compelability and watchability, whether this show grips you enough to keep going. So with our first question, Will, concepts and execution. What's the mm. show about and does it show it in an interesting way? Um, yeah, I think, I think we've, I think it, that's not going to shock a lot of people. I think from what we've gushed about in the, sh- in, in the show so far, they the direction the 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 concept to be fair isn't that strong in in on, really? ref, on reflection i well i just don't think it's it's very clear like we've talked about with the whole the book making them the cursed things mm. but then they don't we haven't seen the book do that like is it just the fact that the book exists that means that this entity can um affect vampires we don't really know enough about the law we know that we don't know, really know who these characters are in the longevity of the vampire world. We don't know when they came into being. We don't know why these powers have been passed on. We don't know much about what happened to the vamp- the blue vampire when vampires are immortal. Um, yeah, th- there's a lot of it's a lot of assuming that the audience knows what a vampire is and then leaving them to kind of fill in the blanks. But and again, like, like the new law on top of that. I think there's just a lot of questions around what the storyline actually is. We know that this guy is trying to cure vampires, but we don't we don't know any more than that. We don't know where he came from. We don't know how they actually get turned into these cursed things apart. From, and I guess it's a bit mystery. You know, we, we might find that it might all tie together really nicely. But at this stage, there's just a lot of questions around this book. Why? It does yeah. kind of feel that they're getting marched from one plot point to another as well, because even as we're just about to discover more about what's happening in real world Paris, somebody just comes up out of the blue, right. uh, Dommy, yeah. grabs Noe, puts him into a kink collar and yeah. drags him through a portal into this alternate dimension. Like We're getting dragged into vampire politics and things that have not yet been established whilst we're still trying to get to grips with what this show's core is, that idea of the book and what is happening with that. And I guess you could say the Charlatan's Parade is the the big mystery because that seems to be what's turning people into the Curse Bearers, not the book. So it's a twist. Yeah. But is it much of a twist when the we only thought that the book did it for the first five minutes of the show and then we've only seen the book undoing it yeah yeah i think it wasn't i think it that sort of misses its mark a little bit um potentially but i think the direction and everything around it you sort of forget that you, yeah. you forgive the show the execution you forgive the show because of the execution the way they do it the characters the way everything's just put together in this beautiful um well uh, well drawn <laughs> 
world. Well drawn. It is very well drawn. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. So. I, yeah, I've not got much to add to that. I, I completely agree with. It's not as convincing saying, as I like thought it would be. Like in my head, I was going to be like, yeah, that's absolutely perfect. But I think the concept is a bit wobbly. It's a bit wavy. And the only reason mm. it, it's a positive there is because of its execution. Yeah, I'd agree. And then we slink into turnoffs. And I think, I don't know, this is what we were saying earlier about bringing back the idea of the the Yowie bait being a turnoff. And Mm. I don't think at its core, it is a turnoff because unlike, let's say, Yuri on Ice, which is probably the biggest example we've seen of this, it's not trying, I guess, at its core to tell a story about those issues it's moreover a, a story, story of vampires and yeah it's just it's these two characters who are in this very complex and complicated relationship and they're both very pretty and they both use their bodies in ways that could say that they're maybe dating but mm. it's very clear at the moment that noe doesn't like vanitas so it's not that it's it's a love-hate relationship. It's more of a tolerate-hate relationship. Yeah. I just think that it's not... Because it's not one of the central themes, I, I pull Yuri on ice over the coals for this because the whole idea was it... Like, Yuri loves Victor and Victor loves Yuri, but the show didn't have the backbone to just commit to that and show them properly kissing or together. It was Everything was implied. Whereas here, it's bait, but it's never... Or if it does come true, it won't be until right near the end. I feel <laughs> that's that that's that's interesting, though, isn't it? Because you're 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 giving this a pass because it doesn't go far, doesn't go as far as Yuri and Ice, and then criticizing Yuri and Ice because it doesn't go far enough. It's it's almost it's like the same, su- yeah. You know, building one up because of one thing and knocking someone down because of that same thing. Mm, but I understand I, your point. We discussed it in Yuri and Ice. We, it, it was so close to being that almost perfect way to show this relationship, this um, homosexual relationship mm. on screen for the first time. And they just didn't have the backbone to go through with it. Um, so I, I, I understand where you're coming from. I'm just yeah. just saying that. And, know, and I, see nowhere, co- nowhere near. I see your point. Yeah, I see your point in terms of like, should I give this a pass because of that? Because yaoi baiting is something that is so prevalent in mm. lots and lots of Japanese anime and manga. But it's the same in terms of um, you look in the page of Shonen Jump each week and you get panty flashes and um, yuri bait into in things aimed at young boys. Like, yeah, yeah, it's the culture of these shows, and it's something that you kind of got to almost get on board with. Is, um, if you're going to be watching this. And it, that can be a turn-off for some people. Yeah. Is Skate Yaoi bait? Judging by the amount of female fans I've seen for it online and the amount of shippers of uh, Langer and Reki, yeah. yes. Okay. It 100% is. Yeah. I was just... Because when we, when we first started talking about that show, we were talking about how pretty they were and how um, these characters were clearly designed very to be very attractive. Mm. And then there's, there is that relationship between them that grows and sort of they become best buds um and i was obviously i haven't watched mm. any more yet so i was wondering whether it sort of went down that line um obviously some of the artwork i've seen it is really focused on them it's really focused on those their, two those that two. dynamic yeah. yeah i think with skate the way that it kind of circumvents that is because 
it is very much focused on skating as the core of their relationship, not just the fact that, I mean, they, they do like spending time together, but skating and getting better and perfecting that hobby is the core. And actually the way that the anime treats that relationship between those two as it goes on is really interesting. And I think that's what stops it from really going into full yeah. yaoi bait. It's, it's, it the, just, it's so funny though, isn't it? Because. And I understand why it's not, but you could almost say Yuri was mainly about skating because there is, it is focused on mm. that. It is, it's ice skating. It's, or it's got, it's rotoscope for crying out loud. Like it, it invests yeah. a lot into this skating storyline. The sport, yeah. But there is still, there's the, you're also pairing that with, yeah, exactly. The, it's, it's the inner thoughts and the explicit, sayings yeah. of i care for you and That's i want fine to line. be with you forever it's very fine line and in seeing how far that line goes between being egregious and kind of off-putting to some viewers versus being an integral part of the story yeah is tough yeah um okay so i'm not really sure what our point was there that this is it a turn off for this show um no i'd agree with you i don't think it is i think there are mm. some weird moments, like with the finger licking and you mm. know the, the 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 kinky collar. I think that is a an unusual choice for them to go down the line of, just because it seems almost out of character. But then I don't know. As you get to know Ven- Venetus, he is this hyperbolic character that just everything does, is at eleven. Everything's at eleven, and he does things on a whim. He does things. If he, he seems like he does things on a whim, mm. but almost, but is it again Jack, like Jack Sparrow? Jack Sparrow, it's the Jack Sparrow <laughs> effect. Um, but that's where that scene with the finger licking and the kissing that doesn't fit potentially. Yes, yeah, that is definitely because that is is that, too far. Yeah, almost. yeah. Um, but apart from that one scene, I think everything else gets a pass. I just don't really I, don't, I just don't know whether that scene it it turns you off the character like as, as much of an arsehole as he is you you almost root for him because he's on the side of good but that seems really sinister very and, distinctly villainous yeah and, well with the yeah yeah it's i think i think potentially they've missed the mark with that scene because i think what they were trying to do is make him seem almost just I think they wanted that to be funny, and I wanted they wanted that to be mm. sort of this childish, like with the he licks his lips afterwards and stuff, and and they wanted yeah, it. Yeah, it's so gross. They wanted it to be this sort of. Like, yeah, ha ha ha! He's decided that he loves her on a again on a yeah, whim, yeah, on just like yeah. a t- to gain the upper hand in this situation, but it comes across as a very antiquated and uncomfortable yeah. scene. Um, okay. Apart from that, any other turnoffs? I don't think so. I think the strength, again, like we said in concept and execution, the execution carries so much of this show that even those uncomfortable moments kind of get swept up in the, in the production of it all. Like, again, like we said, it's like, it's big, it's bombastic. And then everything else surrounding it kind of sweeps it away. Like, I'd completely forgotten that scene with uh, Jean existed until right. the rewatch because there's so much other stuff that is very impressive and very nice to look at. Yeah. I think I think between. the only other turn off for me is 
the what we talked about in in the beginning the the, the concept the uh just just potentially that lack of clarity around the book around what's actually happening here if if it didn't have enough uh, it's only a small criticism because well arguably it's a big criticism but if it didn't have that really well executed stuff around it i don't know whether the story would have enough to carry it at this point because it's just a bit vague and a bit bit meandering magic book does magic things and <laughs> magic knows, book go burr yeah um so potentially that could draw pull people out of it if they're really intense on story and they really want narrative justice <laughs> just you want the narrative deep lore of Venetia. I've, I've just coined that phrase narrative justice you want that conclusion might be a phrase <laughs> already but i like it it's it's it's, it's becoming a thing um Right. Oh, nice. Does it do enough then? I think I think I know the answer to mm, Yeah, I think it, I think I know the answer to this. Does it do enough to get in the universe? Is it does it overcome those drawbacks? Does it overcome and and does the execution do enough to get this show into the universe? Yeah, I think it does. Yeah. I'm I, I'm happy to it, put it's, it in. It's a very solid show all things considered. The music's good, the animation is good, the characters it, it are is, interesting. It is a bit more intense though, isn't it? Like we comp- if if we comparing it to last week that mm. if, if it makes me feel a little bit bad for godzilla singular point because that was a good show as well and the information dumping was what it what held but it back the i think the difference is yes godzilla singular, singular point was a very good show but i think in terms of being able to be easily consumed and ease of watching i'd say Venetus has the upper hand there because it is that little bit easier to just like they make the exposition interesting, they make yeah. the world visually appealing and very it's pretty. full and full of these flourishes and prettiness. Mm. And I think that's the difference. I, like I said last week, Godzilla had me at numerous times overloaded and reaching for my phone to try yeah, and just yeah, yeah. reset. Whereas here, I was enraptured every frame nearly because it the director yeah. knows how to keep an audience engaged. Again and again, that's not to say that Godzilla isn't engaging. It's just that you need to be in the right headspace for Godzilla. You need to be in a, I want to learn hard sci-fi versus I want to watch pretty vampire boys. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, I, I agree with all that. I think um, it's 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 a really interesting show. It's it, it was really impressive. And I think that alone almost gets it into the universe. Uh, and I think the, the fact that it, it goes along sort of mainstream plot points not plot points but uh with with vampires um and relatively relatively understandable world sets world settings like you know it's paris and it's mm. steampunky but it's not so outlandish and so weird that it's going to turn off people um yeah i think it does a really good job of setting the scene and that's what uh, and, and a newbie to the anime world will need they'll need something that they can feel comfortable with and this does that so yeah well done to the case study of Venetus for getting into the anniversary this week um guys we are gonna be moving on in a minute to slice of life where me and sam just catch up on all the things we've been doing now stick around if you want to hear about what i've been watching outside of the anniversary. i'm so excited we'll uh 
I'll, I will mention that uh, in the next segment. But if you're not sticking around, um, thank you for listening. Make sure you share this with a friend. Tell them all about the anniverse and see if you can recommend some shows for us to watch. You can hit us up on Twitter and Instagram um, where we upload sort of uh, clips of the show. We put uh, some artwork up there from time to time and we just generally in, uh, engage with our community and engage with you guys um, or with all things anime and all things anniverse. So we'd love to hear from you. Uh, thank you for listening. And if we're not seeing you in the next segment, we'll see you next week in the anniverse. We're back again into Slice of Life, our segment of the show where we just have a bit of a catch-up. We talk about what we've been watching, what we've been doing in our day-to-day lives, things that aren't so analytical about anime. Um, And the first thing I want to go into, Will, is what have you been watching? I need to know. I've been on (laughs) tenterhooks for the past hour and a half waiting for this moment. Again, I don't want... my, My way of exploring anime, this is the first time I've ever picked a show off the bat that you hadn't recommended so it could be a complete you know absolute waste like oh yeah okay great we're not going to discuss that because it's crap um but i I would never will well you never well we've also discussed a lot of crap but this might be one of those that's just like uh okay um it just doesn't have many talking points but i'll let you know you can let me know what you think i've been watching 91 days oh what a show oh dude that makes me so happy you've oh i can find i can rest easy my watch is over you have good taste (laughs) yeah so it's at this point in the uh anniverse after a whole year that i feel slightly more confident at picking a show and i feel i feel slightly more confident in my taste of show because I went on to uh, Funimation and I went on to Crunchyroll and I started looking at genres and I went through and I started Mm -hmm. to get a feel and it is this and and the the category that sort of jumps out to me is the mystery genre. Um, Yeah. When I clicked on it, it had Death Note, it had Attack on Titan every (laughs) season, it had um, I can't even remember off the top of my head. It had loads of shows that I've sort of resonated with and kind of enjoyed and uh, on my like to go back to list. So. I started looking at different options and this one just sort of jumped out to me as this real world. Uh, yeah. Real. I don't want to spoil for those that haven't watched it, but it's sort of like, you know, gangster America. Like a mafia, mafia thriller. Yeah. It's, it's not, mm. not America. It's, it's, it's Italy, but um, yeah. Thoughts? <laughs> yeah. Really glad. Um, I think I picked this up a couple of years ago it was definitely after it aired um and i just remember being so engrossed in the core mystery of it and the way in which i do wish that i'd watched it in dub i assume that's what you've been watching yeah or you've been watching in sub no dub so i if i went back to it i'd probably watch it in dub because whilst i really enjoyed it um i felt that the setting was so I don't know, engrossed in that European yes. yeah, um, yeah, yeah. visuals and style. I yes. just think it might have worked better in English. Not to knock the Japanese sub, I just think that it would have, for me, like aesthetically would have been nicer. But yeah, well, oh, you, what a shot. How, how many episodes did you watch? Uh, I think I'm, I think I've watched the first three. I think I've, I think I might have watched the first four. So, um, 
yeah, it's uh, it's ramping up. It's good. Uh, mm. we, we've had we've had some shootings. We've had lots of cigarettes. Um, and we're oh, lots, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> lots of three D smoke for some reason that's drifting across the screen over still frames. <laughs> okay, that's where you're investing your time. I see you. Um, I got you. Yeah, no, but I'm I'm enjoying it, and I you know I watched it on Crunchyroll with adverts, so that was a pain. But um, oh wow, yeah, poor one out for the homie. But that's fine because what else I've been doing this week is I, well, last night in particular was uh, reading Assassination Classroom. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, that's one that I actually haven't been reading. So I, I, I when the adverts came on, I just opened that up again and was like, I'll just just. Uh, Knock out another half chapter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's all really positive in in my world of anime and manga and Japanese culture. I'm really so I really want to. What 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 I want to do is read some manga before watching the anime. So I know Assassination Classroom is an is an anime as well. Um, I'd quite mm. like to experience that because it's all it's that idea of the core material, the yeah. original uh, material. I've always enjoyed reading books before seeing the films. Haven't always done that. But I, 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 I'm less likely to do it the other way around. I'm less likely to, yeah. to watch the anime and then go back to the manga because I feel like I'm not going to get the same kick out of it. My, my, it, the images are already yeah. ingrained in my mind. The only, yeah, and that's the case for quite a lot of viewers. Like, I think that's the same for divide. any 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 story, really. I think if you haven't read, yeah. you know, you you picture the characters. Why would, yeah, in a certain way, and you know the plot points. So to slog through a book or a or a, or a novel is is trickier when you already know the outcome. You can't get as invested. Yeah. I don't think when you've already got like a mental picture of what everything should be like, it's more difficult to go back to the original. That could be more wildly different or further expanded upon. I know that that was the sticking point with me for like Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I, yeah. Trying to get through those first like 100 or so pages of just walking through fields was just so difficult when i knew that the, the film just went bang 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 wraiths but it's, it's it's not only that it's just that like your emotional investment in it is not as high because you know the plot you know what's coming so it's like you can't live mm. through these characters when you already know the outcome i think the brilliant thing about books and manga and stuff is that you hear the voices in your head you characterize them yourself and your investment is pure and like you're learning Mm. it all for the first time in your imagination which makes it tenfold more exciting if you've already seen the outcome visually and then you go back and try and read something you're never going to recapture that initial moment of watch of learning it for the first time and because the media takes 50 times longer to consume because it's in book form it's never it's always going to be trickier See, oh, not not with manga necessarily. I, I guess not if with you, manga, with, yeah, with, with, I guess with, if you're talking about literature. novels to films, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. You see, that I was very much the same. I would just watch. It took me a long time to actually get into uh, manga. Um, I watched Bleach and Naruto uh, on TV for the longest time before I actually picked up the books and read them. Yeah, One Piece being the first kind of thing that I stuck with past where the TV show was, and. What I found was, and this was definitely the case with My Hero Academia, which is the most recent example for me, um, was that I loved the manga so much that then when the show came out and was a good adaptation, 
my mind was blown. I was like, this is incredible. I yeah. think the music elevated it, the voice acting picked it up, and it was the same emotions that I felt reading the manga, yeah. but almost in certain scenes was amplified. Now, it's sometimes a coin toss whether you're going to get a good adaptation or not, Yeah, but I think that generally it's a risk worth taking by reading the manga first. I think for me, the only thing that I've gone in reverse order with was Black Clover. Oh, yeah. I picked it up as a, sh- a show first mm-hmm. and stuck with it for about um, maybe about 50 weeks plus, maybe more than that. And then, de- and then decided, you know what? I'm, I'm going to read the manga from the beginning. And so I was watching it yeah. week to week whilst reading the chapters and then overtook the, the anime. And mm. Black Clover is known for being a bit of a rough diamond. Like it's got a lot of low lows, but then the highs are some of the best bit, like spectacles in Shonen yeah. since Naruto. Right. And having read the manga where the artwork is so incredible and so impactful and then getting to see it with all this like fresh animation talent taking three panels and stretching it into five minutes of animation yeah, yeah. was a really great experience for me yeah no cool i think uh, again on what, what you were sort of alluding to at the beginning of that was like that you know manga shouldn't necessarily it's not like literature where it does take you a long time to read you can sort of flip through it at your own pace, especially if you know the oh, story, yeah. you can jump to the bits that you want. And obviously the only manga that I've read is Death Note. And that mm-hmm. has gone really quickly because I know the story. I can flip through and engross myself very quickly and speed things up as I need to. Um, yeah. And just appreciate the artwork and yeah. just, because you know the the plot beats, you don't have to spend time analyzing it and thinking about what they're saying. Yeah. Cool. What about you? What have you been up to this week? Um, very busy week for me this week. So not a great deal. I've been keeping up with Hawkeye. Um, yeah. the final episode of which drops next week. Very excited. Yeah. Um, but the big thing for me this week has been, um, Jump Fester. So it's this two day celebration on, uh, Saturday the 18th and Saturday the 9th and sun- Saturday the 18th and Saturday the 19th. Let's try that again. <laughs> Saturday the 18th and Sunday the 19th of December. Right. Where, Basically, Shonen Jump has special stage events for all of its flagship series. So we got a My Hero Academia panel with the first look at season six. We got a Doctor Stone season three confirmation and also a special OVA episode that's coming out next year. We've got Jujutsu Kaisen movie getting a new teaser trailer. We've got confirmed um, new anime for Chainsaw Man that's coming next year. And part two of the manga is coming back in the summertime like it's it's nerd christmas yeah and i'm here for every step of the way it's it's just been a really great day of reveals so yeah it's been nice and exciting. that sounds really cool yeah um just all these little teasers speaking of teasers something else that dropped last week was the new fantastic beasts uh trailer have you seen i've not seen the trailer no i've just seen the oh. screen grab of mads mickelson uh oh, yeah. doing something but i've not actually seen the uh yeah the full trailer the trailer gets gets me tingling in all the right areas mate it's it's back at hogwarts it's school (laughs) it's it's (laughs) wizards it's it's what you want from that world because it takes you back to what you know in a a sort of new way um very exciting uh obviously good crimes of grindelwald the last one was crap was was terrible um 
but this this one looks like it's coming back and and hopefully it will answer a lot of questions there's duels there's yeah oh, it, it it just it does look really impressive and, and it it, it mm. just makes me warm inside um oh. and also new year's day's coming up We've got the oh, yeah. Hogwarts, the Harry Potter twentieth anniversary. Oh, the HBO thing, the HBO where they're all thing. coming back. Yeah, which I am very excited for. Um, I'm mm. going to be watching that because it's also on Sky um, in the UK. It's in, on Sky and um, Now TV, I think. So I'm, awesome. I'm definitely going to be watching that. See, the big one for me at the moment is the fact that I can't go and watch Spider Man <sighs> until. January 7th. Why? It doesn't come out in Japan until January 7th. I still haven't seen it yet. I Honestly, I, I'm, I, I have muted every word on Twitter to yeah. make sure that I'm well, not getting spoiled. They, they even, even, uh, even Marvel and everything have sort of gone, don't spoil anything. <laughs> don't spoil yeah, the they, movie. They've so gone, there's clearly something. They've done the same thing with... And I'm, and I'm, yeah, I'm playing... I'm playing naive to it all. I, I don't even want to speculate. I just want to go in yeah. and see what it is. Yeah, it's like I know. I know from what I've no like, from the trailers. What's... from like from the trailers and just from you know just generally being on the internet for yeah, any yeah. amount of time. I yeah. think I have an idea of what's going to happen. But right. what I want is to go into the movie and even if my wildest dreams come true, I want to not know anything about the scene and how it plays out yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah. the key here yeah so cool hopefully in a couple of weeks time maybe we can talk can... off air about uh what you what you about think, it what you want what you want to happen okay um yeah all right should we leave it there it's good enough place as any to leave it yeah. yeah thank you everybody so much for listening we've done all our plugs up top and of course thank you as always for listening all the way through slice of life if you have listened all the way through slice of life because you know this is a bit of a very self-indulgent section. So, thank you very much, and we'll see you next time in the Universe. Ciao.